Hello and welcome to Please Don't Send Me Into Outer Space, the podcast intent on exploring all that science fiction and fantasy has to offer one random movie at a time. My name is Joel. My name is Aaron. My name is Sarah. The movie this week was Jungle Book. Not the Jungle Book, not a Jungle Book story, not Jungle Planet like we proposed when we were watching this movie. (laughs) Jungle Book from 1942, directed by Zoltan Korda. That's an awesome name. Uh, Anyways, (laughs) starring Sabu, Joseph Kalieya. Kalieya? We didn't decide how to pronounce it. Kalieya, maybe? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. John Qualen, Frank Puglia, Puglia, Rosemary DeCamp, Patricia O'Rourke, and Ralph Bird. Uh, I don't know any of these people. <laughs> <laughs> I think that makes me a really bad movie fan. But, you know, the, the guy who plays Mowgli in the movie is mm-hmm. an actor named Sabu. And I love him. Like, wow. I love his portrayal. I love the way he acts. and I mean, I've only seen him in this and uh, in Black Narcissus, but each time it's like this guy is the scene stealer. And he died at like age 39 of a heart attack. It's so terrible. Wow. So terrible. Anyways, uh, we're taking it into a dark place already because that's what I love to do. So? <laughs> well, I-, I was just going to mention that this is a first for me as well, Joel. Um, I... I've never seen in any other film by uh, Zabu, I believe. I was going to say, you've been on every other podcast. What do you mean this is the first? Oh, no. Sabu. (laughs) S-A-B-U. Sabu. Okay. Okay. Cool. Yeah, no, I I, I thoroughly enjoyed this movie, though. It was was a lot of fun. Thank you, Randomizer, for, you know, picking picking an interesting one for us. Yeah, our first fantasy movie. Yeah. It was cool. That was a great choice. Like I said uh, at the end of last podcast, I had already seen this before, but... It was such a treat just to watch it again. I I don't know. I don't know. I mean, we're going to talk about it. What makes sure. this movie so special? Yeah. Because I do feel it's it's different than a bunch of movies from the 40s that I've, I've watched before or tried to watch before, depending on the situation. But, we're okay, we're getting ahead. Well, okay. If, if I had never seen a Jungle Book rendition before, how would, how would I describe this movie? Joel? Mr.? The story of the Jungle Book is about a Indian boy who is lost in the woods somehow, abandoned, or he wanders off at a... Uh, something happens. <laughs> <laughs> Tragedy strikes. He ends up being that notorious child raised by wolves that everyone has heard about even before you know what the jungle book is you've probably heard of somebody being raised by wolves whether it's your little sister or sabu himself and the the funny thing about that story is i think most people when it comes to movies are familiar with the disney story yeah 
which is that we see him living in the jungle, having his adventures. There's talking animals because he can communicate with the animals. Yeah. Which, you know, it, it makes a modicum, modicum, modicum it, it makes a little sense. But it, do, it doesn't really, I mean, if you overanalyze it. The reason I bring up the Disney movie is that this is one of a couple of movies that I've seen that doesn't show you the in-between of when he was abandoned and when he rediscovers the man village. This movie takes place basically after he rediscovers man and tries to fit back in. And what happens there? And I like that story a lot. I mean, I like the Disney movie a lot. Yeah. But I really like this, like, he can't fit in with these people because he is essentially an animal in a man's body. Kind of like a few of my relatives. <laughs> what do you say? I really liked it, but um, I wasn't familiar with this telling of the Jungle Book. I probably didn't even know that this movie existed until we picked it. Uh, but I thought it was a lot of fun. And there's definitely some silliness, but there's um, there's some really good stuff there, too. It's kind of insane to me that they even attempted to make this into a movie at that point in time, 1942. 1942. Yeah, I just thinking about what they were going to have to attempt to communicate through the animals and him and through... Uh, just you know practical effects and and special effects i just thought this is crazy that they even tried to do it and it was still a really entertaining movie absolutely you know even though they didn't have much you know and and i just tried not to think about the animals in real life because because back then you know they didn't have any laws about treating animals in a in a good way when they were making a movie there is this part where we saw like some bear cubs and I was just thinking, oh God, I hope somebody didn't kill their mother and then just take them to make this movie. But um, it's very troubling to think of a bunch of different stuff in this movie. Yeah. Time period. Yeah. So I'm just trying to put that to the side because I am an avid animal lover. And every time the Bagheera would come on screen, I would just think, oh my God, what a gorgeous cat every time. Like, I just was awestruck by the animals that were in it, too. But, um, yeah, I was telling Joel earlier that it seemed like... <laughs> it was like, imagine if someone was going to try to make Life of Pi, like in 1940, what that would have looked like mm-hmm. compared yes. to what we're able to do now. Like, it's just kind of crazy and very entertaining. Very entertaining. Yeah, I wonder if they would have done Tiger Man in a Tiger suit for a bunch of that stuff. Because, I mean, that's that's all him being stuck in a very small space with that tiger. And here, when they thought that the animal was going to be too dangerous, they had, you know, a projected screen. Like when the panther was up in the tree and Mowgli was supposed to be interacting with him. It was, like, obviously a projected screen. And that's no... Not putting down the movie because of that, because these are the things that the hurdles that they had to jump over and how they got over them. I mean, it's not the animal, the possibility of the animals being mistreated, which most definitely happened. I mean, in the 40s, animals didn't have rights. Yeah. 
is one of a couple of things that could be troubling about this movie. Uh, beside the fa- you know, besides that, I'm thinking there was a single Indian person in this movie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I definitely. Which I don't know. That may have been an achievement for the time to have that actor in this role. I mean, I've seen movies from the 50s where there isn't a person represented that's Native American in a movie that's supposed to have Native Americans in it. Right. Um, So I don't know. Maybe I do think he was an excellent actor. Yeah. Very communicative with his face, with his facial features and his eyes. It almost seems like maybe he did silent movies before and was like expressive with his face in a way that... um, most people aren't. Most mm-hmm. actors don't have the skill set. Yeah, good call. He 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 kept a, a almost like childlike wonder of everything around him. Yeah, true. That that was that was really entertaining, <clears throat> and um and it showed just how much like his character really appreciated the animals, like in 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 all his scenes. Like it was really well done. Yeah, I have to agree with you. Like I thought that was so much fun. Uh, and the practical effects in this film are so much fun too. Like, I, I really enjoyed all the snakes. Oh my Every gosh! Every snake the in this film was so much fun. Was amazing. Yeah, yeah. The man. Snakes. They had a bunch of cats. They had a bunch of uh, bears. But I guess nobody wanted to mess with the snakes because they were all <laughs> animatronic or not even that. You know, they were just puppets. <laughs> like there's a there's a huge boa. You know, Ka. People would be familiar with that from the Disney movie. Who he talks to, and of course they didn't get a gigantic boa. I mean, this thing was the size of the anaconda from the movie Anaconda. And, <laughs> and since Ice Cube was there or not there, there was no way we could defeat that if that had happened to be the ending. Enemy. Luckily, it was Shere Khan. Uh, and then there's the uh, the viper that's in the treasure room, which is that is that's that is awesome. just amazing. That scene it was so cool. blew my mind. <laughs> <laughs> I, I loved it. It was like it was like HR Puff and stuff, like before HR Puff and stuff even like was an idea. You know, that might have even inspired the dudes that did the HR Puff and stuff. You know, yeah, that'd have been so cool. I feel like we need to all read the book just so we can be like, hey, that part's actually in there. Yeah, I agree with you. It actually be kind of fun to read the book. I imagine if he's able to communicate with the animals in the book that there might be some kind of a references to parcel tongue. <laughs> Nothing else. No, you would think we're missing something in this movie cuz you don't hear that much from the actual animals. Mm-hmm. I mean, is there a stretch of time that's what I'm wondering. If in the book there's a stretch of time where he's just hanging out with the animals and there's communication happening between them that you don't hear about in this story. Yeah, probably. The the only Jungle Book rendition I've ever read was uh, a DC Comics Elseworld mm-hmm. where Cal L crash landed in the jungle and was raised by wolves as Mowgli. Mm-hmm. So he was like super Mowgli. Um, that sounds awesome. It's actually a really good read. <laughs> yeah. um, one of the few of the Elseworld books I really loved. Uh, well, that's a lie. I loved all of them. But um, yeah. That was also a fun read, but most of the time when Superman was interacting with all the animals in that story, it was all like narration, uh, narration blocks. Yeah. Like he would just stare at it and there'd be like a bunch of like dialogue going on in there. And yeah. You're just like, how is he 
emoting this to them i you know i didn't i didn't really grasp it even in the comic as well so yeah it almost i wonder if it's like a clairvoyance or something like he understood that the tiger meant this or what that's what puts (laughs) this movie firmly into the fantasy realm because (laughs) i you know the idea that a child could be left in the jungle and survive is kind of not realistic but it's also not like completely far fetched. Oh mean, sure. You see animals adopting other animals' children all the time, and that that doesn't seem that crazy. Now, being able to communicate with the animal as you get older, I mean, we don't have the, the yeah. vocal capacity to do that. Although I talk to the cats all the time, I think <laughs> they just ignore me. <laughs> yeah, from the beginning of the story, I um, see they sort of set up that Mowgli was set was left in the jungle, raised by wolves. Um, He's got that adorable part with the baby and the wolf cubs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Were those real wolves? I have no idea. I couldn't tell if they were just huskies or something. I couldn't tell either. Yeah. Um, Let's hop in the time machine and go ask Coyotes? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Wolves, those are too dangerous. Get me those coyotes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but then it like jumps way ahead to when he goes to the the man village, and I kind of hated that part. <laughs> you hated all in the, the man with the people, the, all the stuff with the people. I found the comedy bits to be funny. You know, uh, when either he was saying like, "This is weird. Why do you guys do that?" And they're like, "Well, obviously, you need to do this." Or the parts where. Uh, the, the main bad guy is like a hunter guy, and he also is in cahoots with this guy who's kind of a priest, and this other guy who's kind of a, I mean, he is a barber. I don't, I don't even know why he's got it. Like, oh, oh the, yeah. Of course, the barber. Everybody oh, knows Oh, yeah, him. barber. That, that barber scene that was totally something straight out of India from yeah. that time. Mm-hmm. It, it, <laughs> it, it was like, the Three Stooges in like a in a barber shop in America. <laughs> <laughs> it's just scheming and scheming. Yeah, yeah. I like it, but uh, those were the only actors in the movie. No, that's not true. I, I was <laughs> I was thinking about how whenever Sabu was on a scene talking to somebody, I felt like he was the best actor. Yeah. And I don't know if it's just because he is charismatic, but like, uh, say that the girl that he, he's all trying to, or that she's trying to like hook up with him or something like that. Yeah. And they, they don't really have a relationship except for she's curious about him, but she didn't seem like a very good actress. And then his mother was acting like she was on stage, like, oh, Mowgli. What, uh, something, something? I, I think yeah, I she was told it. the title of the movie was going to be Mowgli's Mother. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. She told him it was the story of Moses or something like that. And he was like, oh, my son has returned. The Christ child. <laughs> I didn't care about that. I didn't care no. about, like, him at odds with the man world, really. But I I found it super entertaining just to watch the way it looked visually. But yeah, what you're saying, the actors didn't really bring it as hard as he did. And I I would hate to think that there was some kind of like race issue among the actors. But if that yeah. were a factor, that 
would be terrible. Hopefully yeah. it would. Yeah, because he was really amazing, you know? I don't think we can ever find out because this this movie is one of those movies that the rights to it just went into oblivion, so you could watch the entire thing on YouTube. So I don't think there's ever going to be a super-duper special edition unless it's uh, just like critics talking about, you know, important things. Got it. So we won't ever get... Somebody talking about the behind-the-scenes stuff or anything like that. I mean, how often do people like to talk about race relations when it comes to older movies anyways? I wonder about that. Uh, you know, I guess you really don't hear much about that. Yeah. Huh. I wonder about that, too. Yeah. I mean, did all those Goonies treat Short Round really badly? That's... What I really want to know. That's not <laughs> what I want to know. What was I going to say about stuff? Oh, I was going to say, I, I did find the human, uh, Mowgli being in the human uh, village, interacting with them, interesting because, uh, you know, he kept pointing out things that seemed kind of ridiculous to him. About how, like, well, why would you need to do that? I mean, all you need to do is do this to survive, or... What do you mean he hunts animals for sport? I mean, it's there's a really funny scene where he sees the the hunter's bearskin rug and he's like, "That's Baloo's cousin. I, I've been fishing with him. <laughs> Why would I shoot him?" You know, and it's like, yeah. I mean, what are you proving that you are stronger? You're not proving you're stronger than an animal by shooting it with a gun. I. It, it's a complicated issue for. A lot of people, and I don't want to say that people shouldn't hunt or anything like that, but I do think the idea of killing animals just for sport oh. is wrong. But, you know, I'm a, I'm one of those libtards, so... I'm, mm, 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 mm. Well, no, hold on, hold on. I mean, you make really good points, though. I mean, uh, I, feel, I feel that hunting should only be, you know, for extreme need, you know, um... I know that, that there are several families even in the United States that, that re- rely on that, you know, that, that, that the hunting time to go get deer and things of that nature, you know, in certain parts of the states. But, you know, uh, I, I just feel that I wish dentists would, you know, stay where <laughs> they are, man, you know. There's no need. Uh, <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> endangered species, it's like, don't don't kill those just to what? That's just ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. That's That's... I almost don't even want to talk about it. It's yeah, so ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. Yeah, it's it's really heavy issue. Let's suffice it, it to say, we all agree yeah. that uh, you shouldn't kill animals that are already on their way out. I nod my head in approval. Yes. <laughs> but uh, something I something else though. Uh, Going back to the film that I really enjoyed were the, were the sets in this film. Oh, like, holy man. crap, man! Like yeah. some of those sets were just so amazing, and um, and like yes, you could tell that it was a set in some in some parts, but just the amount of detail yeah, it didn't matter. Put into all these things, like the the ancient city, like the, the the paintings in the background, the the plants in the foreground, like it did feel like it was a jungle. Yeah, I feel cool. like seeing this on the big screen would be. So amazing. I mean, you just, you are transported to this thing because of the the beautiful Technicolor and the beautiful painted backdrops and 
the physical sets that they had to have built. You know, they, they didn't go to some Indian village, I guarantee it. <laughs> they went, <laughs> it's on some back lot somewhere, but somebody meticulously made sure to make it feel like, yes, this is the middle of the jungle and there are dangerous things all over the place. There are crocodiles or this was an ancient city and look at these statues that aren't actually there. I mean, it doesn't matter. It was like, wow. <laughs> Yeah, That's man. my rating. Put it on the poster. Joel Torres says, Wow. <laughs> That's with 16 H's. I hope that each billboard has a small button so it can get that same sound when you press it. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be worse than that Oogie Loves uh, billboard I saw that had a button on the side. Let's not talk about the Oogie Loves. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. Sets? What do you think? Uh, I thought that the sets were really great, too. The painted parts and, you know, they they sort of included some vines here and there <laughs> to make it look real, which kind of reminded me of when we were in that high school theater production of uh, Midsummer Night's Dream and we had to come up with all this bizarre stuff for our sets. Um, I remember having these, like, weird... Thing weird things we were trying to turn into some kind of forest-like atmosphere. Um, but yeah, I really liked the the background. Um, it reminded me of the... For some reason, it reminded me of that Audrey Hepburn movie that I can't remember the title of. Um, Start going through Audrey Hepburn movies. Uh, Breakfast at Tiffany's. Green Mansions. Green Mansions. I, that would have been my second guess. I've never heard of that movie. Um, yeah, I've never heard of it either. Yeah, she. I think she lives in the woods in that too. Huh. Um, I can't remember. I saw it with my my mom or my grandma a while ago, but the the background reminded me of the background and that. That's oh, very cool. cool. Yeah. Um, and I think. The movie was just so fun. I mean, you felt like you felt like everybody that was a part of the movie must have been having a blast, like riding that snake yeah. around. Oh man, that was beautiful. And, that was yeah. such a beautiful scene. I know. Right? I'm like, they really pulled that off. Well, it was like it's it's just, it's just this weird like moment where it's like reality is questionable like mm. seeing that snake move yeah it just you you were like it, you were so like thrown into the film at that point where you're like oh yeah he's really riding that snake like, i had that moment <laughs> yeah. you know where it i was like, like that's his friend they made an alliance he's and, riding, and he's riding something it, yeah you know? he's riding it yeah he's riding <laughs> that totally the snake. The, that was a moment where i was in the film and i was there like it was weird i did like the part where the bad guys were trying to steal the treasure yeah. Um, and the, just the ridiculous, like, attitude they had about, you know, just going crazy over the jewels. <laughs> and Sometimes you get that gold fever and the only cure is more gold. <laughs> I do like that the story in, like, all incarnations, I think, is sort of, um, talking about the wisdom of animals and yeah, nature and that... <laughs> And that, yeah, that that men can learn something from that, you know, that they're blinded by greed and all of this. But the the part with the ruby and the guy 
killing the other guy over it so was good. funny. It was pretty yeah. dark. So yeah. good, though. I mean, it was it was great, yeah. But it was like, oh, man. That guy got murdered. It was kind of like the ring, like a Lord of the Rings. Oh, yeah. Totally. My precious. Very Tolkien. Yeah, yeah. Very Tolkien, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know when Tolkien wrote that. He wrote it yesterday. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Aaron, you're a nerd. Tell me. Um, Ow! I uh, can't just Lord... spit my butt. <laughs> He's got the wisdom of the animals. Yeah. <laughs> Tol- Tol- Tolkien wrote Lord of the Rings around um, around World War Two. Oh, cool. Yeah, he, he wrote it right around that era. So it would have been um, around fact, when this fact, movie was made. Yeah, in fact, Lord of the Rings actually wasn't published until after the war. Oh, yeah. crazy. I think. Now that Hitler's sure dead, I'm going to publish my fantasy novel. There you go. Yeah. It's a pretty good imitation of uh, Tolkien there. I thought so, too. Mm-hmm. Needed a little more uh, Hobbit pipe weed, though. I'm sure somewhere. Old <laughs> <Something>. Toby. <laughs> the finest weed in the Shire. <laughs> It did seem to me, though, that, like, Mowgli was going to and from the man village and then to, like, this one corner of the jungle. Yeah. Like, except for that part where he took the girl, like, through the different spots. Yeah. Like, it seemed like there was one main background that they used for a lot of the stuff, and then there was, like, the river part. But it was awesome. Yeah. I didn't even care that it seemed like like there was a... seemed like there were at least, like, 15 different set type areas and most of them were jungle <laughs> like like five in the man village and then like two in the ancient city or maybe three and then the rest were all jungle and animals running around in water on set in some studio that's great yeah i was like this yeah. is crazy i think i think uh my favorite thing that uh, you actually mentioned joel was uh the scene where the the uh the three thieves are making their way back to the city, and then occasionally you would just see, like, an animal very quizzically, like, staring at them, or, like, not in the yeah, scene, like, just it would cut, it would cut to, like, a monkey in a tree, just looking left, shot. looking right, and then, like, a wolf, like, looking left, looking right, <laughs> like, and I have to, and then, and then out of nowhere, just, like, someone on a keyboard just hitting random, random animal effect, I, that was amazing. <laughs> Elephant, That guy guy was just already at the end of his rope trying to leave the jungle, and every time he he was talking, there were tons of animal sounds, but every time he started talking, the animals would quiet. And then immediately he'd pop up after he was done talking, and then he'd say something else, they'd be quiet. And then they'd immediately (laughs) pop up again. (laughs) Those animals are very respectful. Yeah, and in the beginning of the story, you see the narrator telling about this thing that happened in the past. I forgot about all about the bookend, yeah. And then you see him being pretty bad through the whole movie, pretty selfish, pretty greedy. And then in the end, he's just sort of like, and that's how it happened. And you're like thinking, is he wise now? Like, has he had a... Has he had a... A realization since then, yeah. or is he just still the same greedy old guy, like mm. narrating? <laughs> I don't know. He got his turban back. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely hard to, to see if he learned any lessons about about what occurred because he's mostly just like the vocal piece of the story. Um, you know, pretty much just v- validating the fact that he survived. Pretty much. Yeah, yeah. I, and I, lived I wish, to tell the tale. Yeah, yeah. basically. I kind of wish that there would have been a little bit more of a moral 
moral compass to it, but, uh, but you know, it really, really what it comes down to is, is, uh, Sabu's acting with the, yeah. with, with Mowgli was just the best. It was. It really was. I feel like I could watch him do five more movies. And what other what other film was he in? I, I really want to see that. Is it, it Black Narcissus? But he doesn't Black. have it. I mean, he, he has a pretty decent role in it. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, cool. There, I, I saw a bunch of other things on IMDb, but none, none of the stuff I've ever heard of. Okay. Black that's... Narcissus is cool because that's a uh, uh, Powell and Pressburger. No, no, no. It's Powell. It's a. It's a really good movie. Cool. <laughs> it's about the nuns, right? Yes. <laughs> that is the nuns that are also in India. And oh, starting yeah. to trying to hold their convent together. That's right. And things are getting kinda weird. Cool. Oh. And then there's a roller coaster. Wee! No, that doesn't happen. Uh there were a couple of other things I wanted to touch on before uh before I go crazy. Okay. I really liked the animals, the fake animals, we already talked about the giant snake, but I really sure. liked Meccano Crocodile. Oh, I totally yeah. forgot about Meccano Crocodile. Yeah. Oh, man, that guy was a star, man. <laughs> Another animal that they did not want to mess around with. There was just him slowly approaching people in the water, and Mowgli is like, hey, get away from me. When, when, when you first see him, you can almost hear the, the onboard motor just kind of running in him. The <laughs> As he kind of goes slowly towards you. Disneyland Jungle Cruise. Yeah. Yeah, they should have had a giant croc. I always remember them shooting at the hippos in the Jungle Cruise. I mean, hippos are dangerous. Don't... Listen, audience, if you see a hippo, don't approach it. They're, they are very dangerous. Okay, back to the program. Yeah. <laughs> hippo warning. Mechano Croc was one. And there's a scene where uh, Mowgli is in the tree and he's talking to Bagheera, the panther. And or no, he's not. That's that's not what's happening. What's happening is a uh, uh, crazy hunter guy has Mowgli like on the ground, pinned on the ground, and is like about to finish him off or shoot him or something. And Bagheera decides, I I gotta take this, and he jumps. You see the cat jump out of the tree, but then you see a a kind of a wide shot of the man suddenly get a huge stuffed cat thrown at his head. <laughs> and it's, you know, there was no other way to do the shot. Yeah. But it's fantastic. <laughs> we just we just cracked up at that part. Just, yeah. <laughs> awesome. It was... So awesome. Perfect. It's the kind of thing that people make fake movies about now, trying to make fun of. But it doesn't matter in this movie. <laughs> it's just... Ah, uh, uh, it's too good. Ooh, they just make such a, a, a fun and interesting um, atmosphere for you, the viewer, to watch. Like, the way the, the jungle just works. And, you know, like Sarah mentioned, you know, there it does kind of feel like you're only seeing, like, you know, one portion of the jungle most of the time. But, you know, you just get this really fun and very entertaining feel from it. And I, I just hope, I wish, I, I just wish I could see more movies with, like, uh, cutaways to animals just looking left and looking right. I think that really made my night. You just need a YouTube reaction shot, animal reaction shot montage. That's yeah! Just, that's really yeah. what I... Okay. The animal reaction. All right. Well, I just need that. Yeah. The dog double take. <laughs> it was pretty good to see the animals reacting. I liked it. It, 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 it made a whole sense of, like, just... 
it was just really, it really well, well done. Well that done. part where Mowgli is talking, showing the girl that he can talk to the animal, so he talks to the uh, the monkey that's in the village. <laughs> he just oh, keeps yeah. going back to him. <laughs> like two minutes of him chattering. <laughs> oh, he said he doesn't like you. No, <laughs> I don't like you either. Okay, sorry. Uh, Dr. Amazon. I don't even know really what Technicolor is. It is a, a I, oh, you just asked me a difficult question. Is it cell painting or? I mean, that's, it, it's not. Or it wasn't filmed in color, right? It's after processing? I don't know now. Hold on, we're, we're taking a little break, although we're still recording. Uh, Technicolor is a color motion picture process in 1916 and then improved over several decades. It was the second major color process after Britain's cinema color and the most widely used color process in Hollywood from 1922 to 1915. Technicolor became known as celebrated and blah, blah, blah. Saturated color levels. Yeah, that's amazing stuff. Okay, so what actually happens? Technicolor originally existed in two colors, red and green system. Process 1, a prism beam splitter behind the camera lens exposed two consecutive frames of a single strip of black and white negative film simultaneously. One behind a red filter and the other behind a green filter. Because two frames were being exposed at the same time, the film had to be photographed and projected at twice the normal speed. Mm. That's cool. You know about film. Convinced that there was no future in additive color processes, Comstock, Westcott, and Kalmus focused their attention on subtractive color processes. This culminated in what would eventually be known as Process 2. As before, the special Technicolor camera used a beam splitter that simultaneously exposed the two uh, frames to a single strip of black and white film, one behind a green filter, one behind a red. The difference was that two component negatives was now used to produce a subtractive color print. Because the colors were physically present in the print, no special projection equipment was required, and the corrective re- uh, correct registration of the two images did not depend on the skill of the projectionist. That's really cool. So, yeah. yeah. Sounds like it was cameras almost, right? Like the film equipment itself. Yep. I know... The, the film itself was sensitive to begin with, and then they ran it. They ran both spools simultaneously to get the effect. That is cool. I don't know. You would know. You explained it all to me. I know that uh, on the sets of any movie that had Technicolor, was using the Technicolor technology, that they had to have a special person there that was representing Technicolor that would, before a scene was filmed, made sure that there were enough colors yeah. For them, for, oh, yeah, because yeah, like they that. probably wouldn't register if there weren't enough. Right. And plus, they wanted, you know, they always wanted it to be, oh, Technicolor, yeah. it's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. And so they did a fine job. The colors might have been very different in real life. Yeah. I don't amazing. Know. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking that uh, in the movie, we keep having shots of the villages, and you know, each of those guys have different colored turbans, and it's like, eh, would that actually be the case? No, probably not. I don't. I don't <laughs> think so. I think the the person, the technical person, preference. was like, hey, I think we could add some more. It's here. kind of you know, little pirates of the like we were saying, Disneyland version of India, not. Not maybe real life India. Are you saying India is not actually like that? 
Uh, I'm sure there's a lot of white, I white people running around brown face. I've never seen brown face in India. In India. I'm sure. I'm oh sure. my that's god. Yeah. We only got one white brown person, and that's Ben Kingsley, who is actually Indian. But I thought he was white, so I'm a bad person, just to let everybody know. No. Uh, what was I going to say? Speaking of costumes, uh, I, I feel like we're in a unique position to have you there because you, you do notice the, the way people are dressed in these kind of movies. Uh, did anything stand out to you, Sarah? They definitely had someone buy a lot of authentic Indian textiles and saris for the ladies and for the man village or whatever. Um, you could tell somebody was probably given a budget of some sum of money to go to India or someplace where they could acquire it back then and uh, get all these different saris and rugs and things like that because they were they were traditional traditionally Indian clothes. But the men's clothes, there there seem to be some exaggerated things in their costuming. I don't know for sure that much about men's Indian clothing from back then. Um, but I would say that, you know, some of their stuff was a little over the top. Their turbans and stuff, like you were saying. Um, and some of the jewelry and the jewels and stuff were over the top, too. But that that was... To be expected, because you wanted it to show up in the movie of how big they were and yeah. all of that. that but, makes sense. Yeah. yeah, but I I did notice that the women, the white women, <laughs> were wearing saris, mm-hmm. and um, that they, they were the real deal. Cool. Like the one my friend brought me back from India. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so, since this was our first fantasy movie. I think we've already basically talked about how this movie is fantasy with the whole animal talking part sure. like that. But when you think of the word fantasy and associate it with movie, what what do you think of? Because I'll tell you, Jungle Book was not anything that came into my mind. When, when I think when I think fantasy, Joel, I actually think of the movie Crawl like immediately. That is the first fantasy well, film that I think of, of. That's a mix of two, right? I mean, yeah. that's science fiction and fantasy. Yeah, I guess it does have some pretty... space mountain spaceship. You're right. You're right. Yeah. But it's just, I don't know. That's the first thing that pops up. And then secondarily, Lady Hawk mm-hmm. is the other one that really pops up in my head. Fantasy movie or fantasy story? In general, whatever. Uh, oh. I mean, when, when you think of a fantasy movie or, yeah, yeah. First I mean, thing that came into my head was a dragon. Oh, that's cool. And the second thing was like the <laughs> dragon. Yeah, no, dra- not dragon. Heart. Not dragon heart. Uh, e, uh, uh, dragon Ball Z. Like, dragon like, like the old drawings yeah. of dragons you'd see in kids' books yeah. as a kid, and like those kind that's of fantasy cool. medieval pictures awesome. and stuff. Pete's Castles. Dragon. Yeah, I usually think of it a long time ago Right. when I think about fantasy. Okay, so not Pete's Dragon. We're talking like uh, King Arthur. Yeah, did King Arthur have a dragon? No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. What about the sword and the stone? Was that, that There was magic in that. In the cartoon, when they're having the awesome wizard battle, they do. she turns right. into a... Pink dragon, or is it a purple dragon? Or like Madame Sleeping Mim. Beauty, yes. the Disney cartoon, oh, yeah. Sleeping, Sleeping Beauty. Beauty. Yeah. Mad Men. Yeah. I loved that movie. Yeah. And of course, there's the last dragon, 
which is that movie, that black exploitation kung fu movie. Leroy. Mm-hmm. Who is the master? Are we talking the Shogun? Yes. Watch out for the Shogun, man. Uh, Gotta mess you up. Who runs Bada Technology? <laughs> <laughs> Dragons fantasy. See, yes, that is also Dragons, what I think yeah. of. I think of fairies. I think of that kind of stuff like that. I think of legend. Legend. Uh, legend. Yeah. There you go. But Jungle I just Book. picked that up on DVD. What? Oh, that's right. You don't have modern technology. No, I've got I've got internets. Yeah. I've got internets. It's just legend is a close one to my heart, so I wanted to make sure that if the dark ages come in which the internet dies and robots are looking to kill us, that I can just power up a generator and watch, watch that film one more time before the robots eat me. Did we watch that together? Legend? Um, I, we did watch it together, yeah, but I've seen it I've seen it prior yeah. to us well, watching it. Well, that was the first time I'd ever seen it. Oh, cool. It was, cool. you know, really very enjoyable. Yeah, Legend's amazing, man. Mm-hmm. Ridley Scott. I, I picked up the edition, uh, actually, another reason why I picked up it on DVD recently is because I picked up the one that has the Ridley Scott director's cut as well. Oh. So there's a whole entire different cut. Of the film that I had not seen yet. Cool. So that's exciting. He does that a lot. Well, like, I mean, are people really wresting the control from Ridley Scott and being like, no, you can't put well, the good maybe stuff Maybe he's in this just movie. saying it could have happened another way. I guess. But he already, I mean. Well, yeah, Blade Runner. Yes, Blade yeah. Runner, obviously, and uh, other stuff, I'm sure. Well, I don't know about He like mentioned Kingdom of Heaven. There was a small piece of paper in, in the DVD box, and it said that um, he was having difficulty finding an audience for the film, and so it looked. It sounded like they changed the score of the film from Tangerine Dream, which the which will became what the film was, um, and apparently there was another another composer who had who had a soundtrack that they had removed. Was it Toto? So, uh, no, but that would have been amazing. Yes. Toto should definitely do a I fantasy know. film. Tangerine Dream. Oh, they did. I mean, well, I guess it's a sci-fi film. Which one? Dune. Oh, Toto did the soundtrack for Dune? Oh, oh. my gosh. Aaron, I have such stories to tell you. That's exciting. Okay. I love that movie. <laughs> We're running pretty long. Dune's fantasy, right? Yeah. It's sci-fi. fantasy and sci-fi. sci-fi. Yeah, but another thing that occurred to me oh, was please. that when I think of fantasy, I think of girls with, like, Dresses that have puffy sleeves. <laughs> and that made me think of Labyrinth, which was awesome. probably my favorite fantasy ah, as a kid. Awesome, awesome. David Excellent Bowie choice. in Excellent. the tight pants. That's right. David That's fantasy. Yep. That is fantasy, right? I can't think of anything David more. David Bowie, Ziggy Stardust. Yep. How with many, that hairdo. How many other movies have that much raw sexuality and then a series of fart jokes? Uh, none. Yes. Zero. That's it. There's you only see one. Is raw sexuality? What? David Bowie? <laughs> You're right. He's probably impacted and mixed with other chemicals. <laughs> what? I don't know. Anyways, we're running kind of long. Okay. All right. So uh, rather than try to get the randomizer to work again, because um, well, it needs some work. There's something wrong with it. Um, it started talking to me. Yeah, we should probably put that in a cardboard box and try not to feed it after midnight. Yeah, until we figure out what's going on with it. It's okay. We'll get the kinks worked out. Anyways, good. So we're doing we're doing another person choice here, but we don't have a random. D- Wait, we do have a random DVD. Sarah, what do you want to watch? Oh, it's my pick, and I was gonna pick Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Ah, an excellent fantasy movie. Wait, 
Science fiction movie. Excellent. I mean, that is one of our favorite movies. Yes. My mom would have said this isn't sci-fi. Yes. Like Back, I've, to, like back to the Future isn't sci-fi. <laughs> yeah, my mom, it's like a running joke that my mom has said Back to the Future wasn't sci-fi. But it is sci-fi. She sees it as a comedy and oh. like a silly kind of thing and it's like yeah it is but it, you can't go back to the future but there are elements in there yeah <laughs> a time machine itself is a science fiction object yeah i don't have a time machine right now i mean genres are meaningless anyways they're just labels and labels are mostly meaningless but you know it's fun it's fun to stick things on there anyways to, to try to figure out like, oh, you like science fiction? Maybe you haven't actually heard of this before. But Back to the Future is sci-fi. They time travel. Yeah, well, okay. you know. Okay, okay. <laughs> I understand, though, it doesn't have a Vulcan in it, mm-hmm. so I can understand what she's trying to get at. <laughs> yeah, there, is no, there are no aliens in Back to the Future. It has a Klingon in it. No, there isn't. There's, Christopher oh, Lloyd. Oh, you're in, right. In The Search for Spock. But is there, is there a single Vulcan in there, though? Okay, fine. I don't know. I haven't watched enough Star Trek to be able to determine that. Anyway, so next week we'll be watching Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, and if uh, it, it's going to be a gush fest, I'm just warning you now. Yeah, it's. I know that it, we're biased because we were at, at the right age at the right time yeah. when this movie came out, and me and Joel practically already have it memorized, but I'm hoping to look at it from another perspective because um, of the podcast. Uh, I definitely remember seeing this one in the theater. So yeah, this is definitely a, going to be one that... It's going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait. Okay. (laughs) All right. Before we close off here, uh, something that I keep forgetting to do, we're going to get this over with right now. If you wanted to follow us on Twitter, which we do have Twitter, uh, our Twitter handle is OuterSpacePod. At OuterSpacePod. There was only one tweet on there right now, but uh, <laughs> this is several episodes later, so by then, hopefully, there will be a bunch more. If you want to follow us individually, I'm at JDT Movies. Aaron? I'm at Hyperhero Man. And Sarah is a very private person, so we're not going to tell you what she does. She's on the podcast. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. If you have any suggestions, if you have any comments, if you have any money you want to send me, please send it to... Please don't podcast at gmail.com. Once again, <laughs> that is not an ironic name. Stop <laughs> telling me that. <laughs> Please don't podcast at gmail.com. <laughs> so until next week when we watch Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventures, excellent. Excellent. Be excellent to each other. Party on, crudes. Dudes. My name is Joel. Bye, Joel. My name's Aaron. Bye. I'm Sarah. (laughs) So crates. Sometimes sometimes a cigar is just a cigar.
tech. We'll sit out where. <laughs> Wait, which one? My Mortal Kombat or the other one? I wonder if the Blade song ever came up. There was this one that was like. They just have random English phrases. They do that. They do that now in Europe. I mean, that's just normal. It's time for sex with strangers. No, no, I don't care what you're saying to me. <laughs> Techno song. Wow. That one from swimming pool is good. Let's do it. That's all it says. I made the list of the recently. Oh, cool. Yeah, it looks good. Got the meters going. Come on, let's go get it on. <laughs> Come on, Barbie, let's go party. Yeah, that's, that's all just okay. <laughs> Thank you, thank you. Who would find that other... You got the girl singing, and then somebody comes in and is like... <laughs> they all do that, They too. all, they all have a guy that... You girls want to sleep with me? Hanky-panky. <laughs> Nobody calls me. 